are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Happy to have you rocking with me and joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. UNC basketball has some updates. We have some NLIs, some preseason player of the year, and a little bit more. So we're going to get into that. Mac Brown drops his midweek presser. How are we feeling about the heels as we head into Saturday's game against Wake Forest? We'll hear from Coach Clawson and Sam Hartman, their quarterback, as we break down what they are gearing up to do to us and how we can fend it off. So let's get right into it, shall we? We had some preseason rankings when it comes to UNC basketball. As you know, you can't go into the season if you don't know how good or how bad everyone thinks your team is. <laughs> so preseason rankings saw Virginia at the top spot, followed by Duke, then Florida State, then we have North Carolina, Louisville, Syracuse, Miami, NC State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Pitt, Boston College and Wake Forest. Now, I just got to say, once again, always, when people come out with preseason, I'm like always interested to see how a coach responds. Like, hey, guys, ACC thinks you're 15th. How are you going to respond? Like, I'm sure that's a practice go-getter. Like, oh, man, North Carolina, they say we're number four best in the whole conference. How do y'all feel about that? Go harder in the paint. Like, run one faster suicide. I don't know. Like, what is the motivation there? Because we all know rankings mean the squat when it comes down to it. Because at the end of the day, you've got to play the games. But it's very interesting. It's very interesting how the preseason, I don't know if it hypes people up when they feel like the underdogs. Or they feel like, oh, we we feeling ourselves because we're, like, in the top five. And I'm hoping North Carolina does not do that because we all know when North Carolina fills himself a little too much, it goes left. So that's our preseason rankings. But we also saw some nice hype for Garrison Brooks as he was selected as the preseason ACC Player of the Year. As I mentioned yesterday, I was not a big Garrison fan, but I am. I had to turn it around. Man has worked his butt off. I'm not going to take anything from him. Garrison was a second-team All-ACC honoree last season. He was also he also earned the 2020 ACC Most Improved Player because God knows he went from not being able to catch a cold to being able to catch everything in the paint. Let's be honest, he was the leader of that team last year. He was named to the national watch list for the Carl Malone Power Forward Player of the Power Forward of the Year Award, and he is coming off a good again a great season last year, averaging 16 points, team high 8.5 rebounds, and we all know Coach loves men who can get those rebounds. He led the ACC in scoring in conference play at 18 points per game and was second in rebounding with nine and field goal percentage was 53%. So Garrison leading the squad, leading the charge, all that good stuff. I wanted to say it won all the other preseason awards, something to keep up note, preseason ACC freshman of the year. We had a couple of Carolina guys in the conversation. Now, Scotty Barnes from Florida State won the preseason award, but you saw Caleb Love, Dayron Sharp, and R.J. Davis both get points when it came to polling for this award, which is good, right? You see three of your freshmen, you know, 
This is going to be a young team, so we're going to have to do our part, <laughs> do our due diligence to ensure that these guys are successful. Obviously, Coach wants to make sure that no guy feels no way <laughs> about being um, the top spot. But we got to keep humility, but we also got to get excited about what we're seeing from these young folks. And speaking of young folks, hey. It's always a good day when we have people joining the Carolina family. DeMarco Dunn, a 6'5 guard from Tucson, Arizona, and Dontre Style from Kinston, North Carolina. Shout out to the 252. Mama born and raised. Okay, that's where all my family is. Signed their national letters of intent. Intent. There it is. National letters of intent to attend UNC and play basketball for Roy Williams in the fall. Now Dunn moved to Fable, North Carolina in 2019 where he plays at Westover High School for coach George Stackhouse. No relation I'm assuming to Jerry but you know I gotta do my due diligence and figure that out more. He averaged 20.7 rebounds, two assists, two steals, shot 45% from three-point range last season and he led Westover to a 30-0 record in a conference title. Westover was named co-state champions by North Carolina High School Association and, you know, everything was canceled by the, from the pandemic. But still, you have these guys who are still being able to display their talent from past years. Now, Dunn was an all-state selection in 2020 and was named Pac-9 Conference Cumberland County and District Player of the Year. Now, when it comes to DeMarco, Roy Williams said DeMarco is a perimeter player who could be a one, two, or three. We don't know yet. He can really shoot the basketball and has tremendous work ethic. He's going to pass a lot of people by who have better ratings because of his work ethic. He's doing that now and will continue to do that in the future. He has a great family behind him and he is exactly the kind of young man we want to have in our program. Listen, we all, if anything, Garrison Brooks is a testament to guys who are going to work their tail off because on paper, Others might have the talent, but when it comes to just putting in lunch pail mentality, like I talk about with Javante Williams on the football side, if you just come in and work hard, it'll get there. And we've certainly seen the progress from him. So I'm certainly excited to see that for DeMarco as he goes through his time at Carolina. There's that. Now, when we talk about Dontrez, who played for Coach Perry Tindall at Kinston High School, again, shout out to Kinston. There's something in the water. I'm just, I'm telling you greatness comes from kids in North Carolina. I don't know what it is, but when I figure it out, we know likes of Jerry Sackhouse, Reggie Bullock, oh, the man on the other side, Brendan Ingram, you know, well, we don't really talk about him, but it's fine. <laughs> Dontre Styles averaged 19 points, 11 rebounds as a junior when he led Kinston to a Kinston to a 26-4 record. A four-time honor roll student, Styles was the 2019-2020 Eastern Conference Player of the Year, a three-time all-conference selection, all-state honoree, and all-tournament pick as a John Wall Holiday Invitational. Shout out to 919. Listen, we keep it all in the family here in North Carolina. And North Carolina really is a basketball state. It's a hoop state, all that good stuff. He is what Roy says, a young man who really wanted to be a Tar Heel and continues to make us feel this is a great day for him in our program. He is very athletic, a three-man who is explosive enough to also play the four. He comes from a great family and is a type of young player who is going to be get better and better every year. We are thrilled he is a Tar Heel. We certainly are thrilled that he is a Tar Heel, and we are hoping to see big things from him as, again, the young class that are coming in, we don't know how you know the one and done will really look like, especially after this year. I'm not sure anyone's. I don't, 
well, I don't know. Are people running to the NBA because of COVID and what have you? Are they running to go play in a bubble setting? I don't know. I'd rather be protected with my family than have to go play in a bubble setting in a city that I can't really do anything and be around anyone I know and support system. So what will this year look like when it comes to guys wanting to be one and doneers? Because, you know, we do have some talented freshmen who are going to be phenomenal in Dayron Sharp, RJ Davis, and Caleb Love, but will they take their talents to the next level? We'll all have to see how this year plays out, right? It's always it's going to be very fluid, but we'll stay positive and hopefully we can get these guys and we're going to celebrate them for as long as we can because that's all we can really do. But that's my UNC basketball news for you guys, and I'm hoping you're enjoying the preseason action. You're getting hyped about it. You're feeling good about where we are as a group. More importantly, you're getting excited for the season to start because you know we're going to be great. So I want to hear your predictions. At Kenis D. Cooper, at Locked On Heels, let me know where you feel like the team is going to be when it's all said and done. We're starting out preseason number four, but will we be able to topple the Florida States, the Dukes, and the Virginias of the world? As I mentioned yesterday, we have the schedule coming out. We will see, let me see here, we see uh, Duke on February 6th, right? We'll see, excuse me, January 16th, we'll see Florida State. So our first opponent, who's a technically preseason above us, we'll see Duke on February 6th. We'll see Virginia literally a week later have to play Florida State yet again and Duke again. So the opportunities to get that top spot will certainly be in our grasp, but we're going to have to play very, very good basketball from December 22nd to March 6th. And that's... You know, no easy feat for any team in the ACC. So that's my ACC Hoops news for today. We've got to get into this game as we're gearing up, despite it being gloomy day. we got to get ready for football, right? We've got to get ready for Saturday's game. Another homestand for the Carolina Tar Heels as they face Wake Forest. What does that look like? Let's talk about Mac Brown's midweek presser next on Locked on Tar Heels. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. All right, folks, as you know, I am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Head to BuiltBar.com now and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review, leave five stars, all that good stuff. It's so important. The more you download, the more reviews, the more stars you leave, the better it does for us. It lets, you know, Locked on Podcast Network know that we are a family here and that we are tight-knit and we love to have those conversations about Carolina athletics. Now, as we all know, Wake Forest in North Carolina are playing at noon 
on Saturday. We are hyped for yet another noon game. Don't know about y'all, but I love noon games. Let's get it in, get it done, get it over with. I hate waiting. I hate night games because it just makes me anxious. And as we've seen two times over now this season, it doesn't go well for Carolina when we have to play at night. So give me all the noon games. Give, let me wake up get in my routine, let's play a game. Because if you think about it, the guys are already used to having 6 a.m. practices. They already have to try and get through the work day or work day, it really is school day, but you already know how I feel about that. School day, and then try to you know perform again in the afternoon. So if you wake up, you're already used to your body waking up a certain hour. So let's go ahead and get this game over with and do what we do. And that's what we're going to try and get it done, period. Okay. So the high energy consistent practices is what Coach Mac Brown mentioned most when he was talking about his midweek presser. He said it's something that they have not usually seen from the guys from the past where every week you didn't feel like guys were getting up and gearing up for their games for the coming weekend. And he's seeing a lot of more consistent effort, high effort, high volume energy from his team. Now he mentioned the fact that there have been over 50% of cancellations and postponements for, you know, teams in the SEC and the Big 10 as we all I feel like every other day you're getting a, a notification from Twitter that somebody's canceling their game. You saw Alabama LSU go down, Mississippi State, Maryland, all these teams, Tennessee not playing and it's I'm sure it's frustrating for, you know, people who are trying to one, the players getting hype and getting their emotions involved too. You know, all the staff that is trying to make sure games run in a safe manner. Three, the fans who want to see, you know, a lot of people, especially in the SEC, are allowing fans at a high percent, more percent that I think is, you know, acceptable, letting them play. And we're seeing these outbreaks. And like Coach said, it's coming. They told us that the winter was going to be hard months. And I'm very grateful in covering the Carolina football team as they're trying to finish out this season because we have some big things to do. And we, we've already said we're in our own way, right? We have can only control what we can control and let the cards fall where they may. But we got to have everyone healthy, staying in. So I'm literally all the Carolina players giving you all the good juju, good vibes in order to make sure y'all are able to finish out this season. Coach Brown said when he's talking about Wake Forest, statistically, they are better on paper than them when it comes to handling the ball, protecting it well. And we all know Carolina gets in its own way, and that's something that they're going to have to get over. They're going to have to be able to get – some ball security and some takeaways period that's just where it stands they've played really good at home has some three great home stands talked about the Duke game and how it's not really that much of a road game but you know when you think about where Carolina, Carolina performs well in Keenan Carolina feels great at home and they show it every single time he talked about the penalties and how they used to be horrible and now they're just bad <laughs> at getting penalties and he how he's really trying to work with his guys to say hey this was a penalty in fact the refs did get it right how can we fix it or you know this wasn't a penalty and we can just live with it and we got to take it to the chin and keep it pushing he made very much a point to reiterate the fact that college football should be able to review penalties and I honestly agree if you're gonna try and be at the next level where they get to review things and overturn them if it goes wrong you should be able to you know call some up to the booth and say hey did we get this right did we get this right or wrong because at the end of the day it's human it's eye, eye test sometimes things go your way sometimes they don't that's just the nature of the beast there's no perfect game you don't want obviously you know blatant blown calls but at the same time 
there's some things that just go your way too. So sometimes you're like, hey, you got to live with what happens because if that was on the other side of it, we would be frustrated as well. So that's how I feel towards penalties and reviews. I get it. I get wanting to review bad plays. I get wanting to hold officials accountable and wanting to have changes for college. It all makes sense, right? At the end of the day, we want as clean games as possible. Now, when we talk about Wake Forest and what the other side of the ball looks like, Coach Clawson had his presser, and I talked about yesterday how he was mentioning how good Carolina is and how, you know, what Mac Brown has done to really improve that program, having so many offensive weapons, so many skill players who are able to just deliver night in and night out. More importantly, he talked about how the defense was getting not as much shine, but still a very powerful and controlling defense and can get plays done and very athletic when necessary. So a lot of people have given our defense slack. I know they had a great game on last Saturday against Duke, and I'm hoping they repeat the same performance because we all remember they did give up some big run plays. They did give up, make some mental mistakes. They did have, you know, some roughing the passer calls on them. And so we're just hoping that (laughs) we see them play the cleanest game possible this weekend because they're going to have to against the Demon Deacons. Now, if you've watched those games when we're talking about Florida State and Virginia, Coach Clawson mentioned that he could see why, you know, Florida State stepped up saying they executed really well on offense against them but they really jumped out with a big lead Carolina turned it over and had some drops they dropped the ball more than at Florida State and probably the rest of the year combined that's nothing that we have control of and despite how poor North Carolina played in the first half they really had a chance to win it so we all know good and well five more minutes to play Florida State would have lost that game and we saw how the second half Carolina blanked them so it was possible but it was too far out of our reach and again Carolina has to get out of its own way Now, when he talked about the Virginia game, he said, Virginia, I thought they played really well against Carolina and kept them off balance. If they don't fake a punt and convert in the fourth quarter, North Carolina has a really good chance of winning that game. You certainly study the film and see what the team does well, but UNC probably looks at those games as missed opportunities. Amen, somebody. (laughs) Very much missed opportunities. So credit to Florida State and Virginia who had really great games. And I just say, I, I look at myself and I just say, if you have been in the sports news and you see what's going on at Florida State when you had guys who are opting out midseason, you have guys who are just choosing to be done with you know football all in general, there's just a lot <laughs> going on at Florida State, which is like, oh, I want to shake every single player at Carolina. That was your game to win, bro. Like, that was your game to be like the big F you, Sam Howell. Like, that was the game, right? When I look at Virginia and I'm just saying to myself, you know, at the end of the day, it's Virginia, right? We thought that Bryce Perkins last year was going to be our Achilles heel, but it clearly was Brennan Armstrong. And I'm just, I'm upset because <laughs> it shouldn't have been that way. He's not that mobile, right? Is he? Maybe. But he's not mobile enough to really beat us at our own game. So that was what's frustrating for me because I just, I didn't see it, didn't like it, but here we are. So, When it all boils down to it, I'm hoping that the guys are able to figure it out, (laughs) figure it out quickly. But there's one guy they're going to have to get over because he's perfect right now. He doesn't throw that. He doesn't turn that ball over. I'm going to tell you about Sam Hartman next here on Locked on Tar Heels. Now, if it's one thing that Sam Hartman does well, it is he doesn't turn the ball over. 
He has zero interceptions on the year. A lot of that is attributed to the fact that he makes smarter decisions. He spoke in his media availability about being smart with the football and knowing his first and second reads, understanding all his options and knowing where to finish plays. He feels more comfortable. He feels good about his protection and he feels good about his receivers getting open. Now, I mentioned yesterday that he's been sacked 20 times, so his offensive line does have a bit of a issue when it comes to protecting him, but he'd rather protect the ball. He'd rather throw it away than force a turnover, you know, or force an interception, which is the same thing, right? But forcing his, you know, inabilities to hurt his team, essentially. Like, we can live to see a third and 30. You can't necessarily live to see an interception pick six or, you know, giving, turning the ball over to Sam Howell. Which, again, Sam Howell, Sam Hartman, I don't know why you guys have the same names, but you don't make it difficult for these media people, and that's fine. (laughs) But I'm going to get it right here. Having Sam Howell being able to march back down the field and score, which we know how easily it will be for Carolina, is going to be something that I'm sure Sam Hartman does not want to happen. But kudos to that defense for ensuring that he is being able to deliver night in, night out, because they are going to give Sam Howell trouble. We all know uh, Wake Forest defense has some great players in Basham Jr. and other guys who are just really ready to show that on paper they might not get all the national attention and praise, but they can deliver for the Demon Deacons. So we're going to have to make sure that we tighten things up. I can't wait to deliver my five key observations. I'm pretty confident you guys know what half of them are by now, but it's fine. It's fine. We go over them every Friday. I like to save them for Friday because we want to know mentally how we're heading into the game. We want to know how we're hyping up the situation. We just want to know what is it that Carolina will need to do in order to beat the Demon Deacons. It's going to be, I mean, it's plain and simple to me. Like when I, if I'm going to give you a sneak peek, At the end of the day, Carolina, if they don't get out of their own way, (laughs) it's a done deal. We saw that last year when they were down 21 points and they were able to come back. Like that was cute last year when you didn't have the national attention. That was cute last year when you weren't five or number 15 in the country. Yes, you're not ranked right now, but you know, that's just, I don't believe in rank. I think it's all full of whatever. It's like whoever feels great or nice for the day. Fine. But when it's all said and done, you were on a national stage being ranked in top five for a reason. People know and people are scared of you. And now you have this target on your back. So Carolina has to play like they are that top team with a target, but they know how to overcome said target, right? It's one thing to have a target on your back and you succumb to it. You're like, oh man, like people think we're just so good and we're not being, we have to step up and we can't. It's a whole other thing to have people think that you're good and you back it the hell up. That's what, that's what I need. I need you to back it the hell up because we are trying to get into the ACC championship conversation and we can't do that unless Notre Dame helps us and so does Clemson. So we're going to need to win out. That's all we need to do. And we're going to take it one game at a time and I'm not looking anything beyond this game right here. This is going to be the biggest test for Carolina because if you can't get over the bit, one of the big fours of the state rivalries, if you can't get over that mentality of winning, you know, teams that you might think that you're lesser than or that you think are lesser than, then you're not going to be able to perform on a Miami or Notre Dame stage. You can forget that. <laughs> Let's not even worry about teams like that. You, we only have to worry about Derek King running all over us. We can't even handle Sam Hartman. Right, like we don't even have to get frustrated by that. If you can't handle pe- person in front of you, you can. You, what do you need to have a Sam Hart or a Derek King in in book? Why do we even have the, we? We don't even have to worry about that defense. We can't even control these people right here. So Day Day Hollins, you know Don Chapman, Patrice, and I'm, 
this is your game. This is where you this is where you make your bread and butter. Okay, so I'm excited for it. I'm ready to drop the five observations tomorrow. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow. Make sure you stay smart and safe out there. Like Coach Minton, it's getting cold out here. Coach said it. Said it best. It's getting cold out here. Got to make yourself not available to any extra germs. <laughs> Do your part. Wear your mask. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.